we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, first off, you could hear the sounds of celebration, and boy, they're they're a long time coming, aren't they now? Uh, and this was the U.S. District Judge uh, Catherine Kimball Mazelier. Uh, she ruled that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, they do not have the authority to introduce a mask mandate and did not follow the proper rules to implement a mandate. And I'll tell you, she no longer put that out there quickly. Uh, uh, and right away, everybody was like, oh, masks came off, airplanes, everybody come off, celebrate. And I mean, even your wife and I were thrilled, uh, right, Peter, to get that off. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, Malcolm, you know, Southwest Air- Southwest uh, Airlines had just installed a seven-foot robot in Love Field to specifically identify my wife who refused to wear a mask and try to nail her. <laughs> now, what are they going to do with that big boob? right now when we don't need the masks anymore. You know, even American Airlines says in the terminals, no masks, I'm gonna be flying tomorrow. And uh, you know, it's really odd that we have to have courageous judges influence public health policy instead of science and discussion and debate. Yeah, well, listen, so let me tell listeners now, that's the opening bell there, and uh, it is Malcolm Out Loud here. Uh, Always a pleasure to be with you and Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, Now, some of the things we're going to talk about today, let me just set that pace for you right now. Uh, what we're talking about right now, the judge ruling uh, against the CDC on the mass. This was a big story. Long time coming. couple of years that we've all been traveling this way. Uh, and then there's an interest in uh, doctors, uh, study with doctors uh, about the vaccinations. I'm anxious to share with you, get your thoughts on as well. Uh, and uh, safety of pilots is another uh, piece we'll bring to you today. Uh, I know Dr. McCullough has some thoughts there. And here's the other thing. All of your questions uh, we'll answer. And this is uh, kind of a milestone today, uh, uh, Dr. McCullough. This is our 20th Q&A today, believe it or not, that we've done. People, You know, people ask me recently, they say, are you in the same room with him? It sounds like you're in the same room, right? Well, I tell you what, with my <laughs> screaming hot internet, the McCullough household is jumping for joy. Um, you know, I spend about half my time in the hospital and clinical practice and half my time at home. So today is home. And, uh, you know, people want to have their questions answered. Uh, you know, doctors, medical schools, the public health agencies, no one is answering questions. And I think we're filling a great unmet need. Much celebration with regarding the mask mandates. And I, you know, I was asked on national TV earlier this week on this. And, and I have to say, I think from the very beginning, all we needed was flexible ticketing that if someone got sick on a trip without any charges, they should be able to delay their trip until they get better, get a COVID test and get better. We only needed policies that affected sick people. And if we uh, did that, we would leave all the well people alone. It's still possible someone could develop COVID and they should be able to, you know, delay their trip. Uh, they should, if they develop COVID and they go out and get a test, they should wear a mask and go home until they can quarantine. So all we needed to do from the very beginning is focus on sick people. Let's hope we never return to focusing on well people again. 
Right. Well, that's an interesting way to put it. Focusing on well people, as you and I've spoke about before, th- this was the problem when they started all of this business uh, with the pandemic and why it became so gruesome along the way, I really believe. Uh, by the way, with this mass thing, you're saying hopefully the end of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you're right, but I did see a comment coming out of the White House, uh, the Biden administration saying it was weighing the options, whether to appeal the ruling or, of course, make it more political. And this is what they do with the courts, which was your other point there. It's a shame that we have to wait for courts to weigh in or not weigh in on these kinds of things. But they're actually looking at ways. But, you know, what, what I think is going to happen now, because everybody announced right away and they were taking the mask off and the, uh, right away. Uh, well, let's see here. Uber uh, made an announcement. Lyft made a, a, an announcement. Amtrak made an announcement like they didn't wait for the White House to say anything, which I thought was hysterical. Everybody took the mask off immediately and said, all right, we're done with this, Judge. We got you. I think that was a real indication uh, that uh, folks were done with it. And uh, I, I think that made it harder for the White House to 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 repeal that or rebuke that, don't you think? Jeannie is out of the bottle, no doubt. I'm looking at my feed here. American, United, Delta, Southwest, Alaska, JetBlue, Frontier Airlines, Spirit, all saying goodbye. America moving very quickly. No masks in the, uh, in the concourses, uh, probably no masks in the clubs. You know, it boils down to uh people basically are done with this and they want it to be over with there still will be some COVID 19 we can treat people through the pandemic and i had a personal communication with attorney leslie manukian just a few minutes ago from health defense they're the ones who took on the case and she said that the biden white house is not going to appeal we'll see if that holds yeah i think it's i think she's right i don't see how they can now although they've surprised us before so you kind of never really know uh, but, you know, it's funny, there were actually videos of the pilots announcing it on some of the airlines. Now, to be re- keep it real, too, I don't know if you're aware of this, the the uh, airlines were pushing for this to happen. They were, you, you know, they were in front of this story, actually, almost demanding now, OK, we've had enough. We've we got to lose this mandate. And of course, the Transportation Authority never changed that in the CDC. Uh, but they were in front of this story. So they were relieved to see this. They realized what a, uh, I mean, listen, you know, Dr. McCombs, their role is never to police the skies and police people. It was wrong to begin with, you know. And they knew it made no sense because people would wear the masks on the plane as soon as the drinks would come out, everyone would take <laughs> the masks off. So, you know, I think if anything in the future, everything must pass the common sense rule. If 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 we're going to wear masks and if masks really work, they need to be wear worn all the time. We just can't wear them for walking on the plane and then taking them off. The same thing for restaurants. We have to apply a common sense rule. And I still think the key thing is to focus on sick people. Did you know, Malcolm, that in the hospital, when someone has COVID-19 in the hospital, they're in a negative pressure isolation room. The air means the air is being sucked out. And that, but when patients have to go to x-ray or CT, we actually put them on a gurney put a mask on them and we go to x-ray and CT, you know, through the hallways and the elevators of the hospital, get the CT scan and bring them back. And there's no hospital outbreaks. So, you know what? I think for sick people, I think masks probably do play a role for those temporary transport issues. So, you know, reducing, it doesn't stop the virus from moving through exhaled air, but it may stop these big coughs and sneezes and the large inoculum. Yeah. And your reference there is uh, when you say wear real mask or everybody do what you're supposed to do, what you're, I think what you're saying is if it really is science, well, then let's talk about science and let's execute on science. 
But if it's political, which it obviously was, then science is out the window. And that's what happened here. I mean, as you say, if it was really a need, I mean, people would step up and do it, Dr. McCullough. You know that. Even your wife and I would do it. Come on. Come on. You know, again, it would be if sick. So, you know, again, I I think actually this applies to the common cold. I think if people are sick, they should wear a mask when they get on the plane. I think they should show the courtesy. And I think Hmm. if people as the recipients are concerned, are concerned, and I'll give you an example. I sat down in a place before COVID. I sat down on a plane and there was this nice kind of erudite gentleman sitting next to me wearing a mask. And then he just kind of looked me over and he said, you know, I hope you don't mind. I'm wearing a mask, but I'm a dentist. I'm at the medical school. He goes, he goes at any given time, I could be in 200 mouths in a day. And he said, I just wear a mask out of courtesy. I'm not sick. And, you know, he just explained it very nicely. And I said, that's fine. So I think, again, if, if masking, if people feel they want to do it, or indeed, if they're sick, it's reasonable, but let's never again apply a measure to a mass number of well people against their will. I actually like what you said there. And I think all listeners can appreciate actually what you say. And I really mean that, that in other words, we've learned through this entire execution of this exercise of mandates and what have you, that again, if there really is a purpose and you are sick, I think you're right. The consciousness has been raised and if it if you are, it would make sense to wear one. And I, I actually like that thought that if you know that makes sense if you're in the public space to do that. But but anyways, hopefully we're we're past that. And by the way, one other footnote on this: uh, not everybody has uh, <laughs> aligned with this principle. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority. Uh, these are the subways in New York City. You can just know where I'm going here now. And the Los Angeles Metro, same thing. And in Philadelphia International Airport. Now, the airport of Philadelphia, they're not even buying into it either. They're man- mandating masks still. So you may see some lawsuits there and people pushing back even in those markets. But there are some of those markets markets that are not letting loose of this. And that shouldn't surprise anybody. But that tells you the politics involved in this kind of a thing. Uh, and, and by the way, the CDC website says we strongly recommend, strongly recommend is uh, highlighted wearing mask on transportation to reduce the chance of getting a spread of the virus. So they've changed the language a little bit there. And, you know, and, and some of the others, Amtrak saying that as well, they recommend. Well, it's OK to recommend, but we can also say no, thank you very much, um, which, which leads me to actually a first question I want to bounce at you about kind of this sort of thing. Mask and healthcare. This is from Leslie. Uh, She says, I work at a hospital and am unvaccinated with natural immunity. Uh, I also have a religious exemption. I have no patient contact as I work in an office. Our hospital's policy is that non-vaccinated workers must wear an N95, right? The the entire time we're on campus, unless eating or drinking, (laughs) regardless of patient contact. Administration says their hands are tied, that it's an OSHA law. How can we fight this? It's asinine, Leslie says, those are her words, uh, wasteful, extremely uncomfortable, and potentially harmful. How do we fix this for America's healthcare workers? Dr. McCullough? I think they need to do a quick check with their corporate compliance office. To my knowledge, OSHA laws or rules don't extend in that direction. And so we haven't seen any differential vaccine discrimination according to contagion control. And there are papers by Chow, Acharyan, Rhymerisma, and Acorsi, all showing vaccinated or unvaccinated, there's an equal viral load in the nasopharynx when people get sick. Yeah, yeah. So 
There's no reason to say a vaccinated person has to do something and an unvaccinated don't because they're basically the same. Uh, Texas A&M School of Public Health and College Station. There was a there was a study done, a doctor's study. And this kind of gets into what we're talking about, a little bit of the destruction of the medical industry. And, hey, and hey, I have a couple of uh, thoughts I wanted to bounce at you here. Uh, so they did this study uh, with over 600, I think it was 625 or something like that, physicians, and uh, they measured things accordingly. So it was a, it was a good sampling here. And uh, few doctors were, uh, they just, came to the conclusion that very few doctors are telling patients the truth about the COVID vaccines. Um, now, the political takings of this is, listen to this now, and this is really what gets me with this, where things became so political. Physicians who were more liberal were more likely to strongly agree that vaccines are effective compared with those who were more conservative. That was a findings from this survey. Why did things, and, and I just ask you, why do you think things had to get so political and, and, and so the turmoil in the industry from the two political parties that really wreaked havoc in the healthcare industry, didn't it? It did. And I think it was so interesting because previously uh, conservatives or Republicans were viewed as, you know, law and order, fiscal conservatives, uh, obey the rules. And, uh, and then the liberals were, you know, about individual freedoms. Uh, you know, they were against collectivism and how things flip up, complete flip up. Now we have the conservatives about individual freedoms and, uh, and not about the collective, about individualism. And then we have the, the left, the liberals, all about uh, basically, you know, moving towards a, a totalitarian, that you're going for the collective, you're going for the group. We've really, really completely flip-flopped on this. And it, it makes sense that they do a survey and the doctors who are more conservative are the ones that are giving uh, a fair evaluation of the vaccines. And what I read in that survey is about 10%, slightly more than 10% of doctors uh, mm -hmm. don't think the vaccines are safe and effective. That's actually a pretty big proportion, much bigger than what I thought. Uh, and it's a break from the counter. Remember, the counter measures say that we're giving money to the health systems and the doctors have to promote the vaccines. That's what the countermeasures say. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And that's what I was going to say to you. I identified a lot of those core problems. Uh, do you think any lessons will be learned from this over time? I do. I, I think the lessons I so. are going to be that the physicians must be independent. You know, in Texas, there's a rule that physicians can't be employed by the health systems and they get around it by having a parent operating group and then having a doctor's group under the health system. Uh, we can't have that ever again. The physicians must be independent of the hospitals and the health systems in order to put the patient first. Yeah. Wow. Lessons learned. I, I, I pray, I pray to God that we've learned something as, as people. I really, really do. I, I hate to see everything that's transpired here. One last story I want to get to, and this was one you had sent me about the safety of pilots. Uh, there was this vaxed, uh, va va vaccinated pilot who went into cardiac arrest in the cockpit just at, at the point he was landing, I understand. You, you, you know about this, right? Yeah, it was either at the point of landing or just, you know, to the jet bridge. It was just thankfully the plane was on the ground. Right. But the two major co concerns we have is that the vaccinated pilots, because they sit for a long period of time, they're at extreme risk for a blood clot in the leg, a deep venous thrombosis, and then shooting that to the lungs, causing a, a cardiac arrest. Uh, or the other problem 
is in a man, uh, anyone from you know uh, puberty on up to age 60 or 70 can get myocarditis or heart inflammation and then have a cardiac arrest due to that. So that individual, uh, you know, is off the plane and he's at a hospital. And my understanding is through uh, communications is that he's pushing to get a cardiac MRI and saying, listen, you know, I want to know if I have myocarditis before I buy into a defibrillator or not. Uh, you know, a lot more is going to have to be learned. And this is we're just talking about this anonymously. But, you know, I have to tell you, the vaccine must be considered first and foremost on all of these cardiac arrests, all of these quote unquote heart attacks that we're hearing about in young people. And boy, are we hearing them from college football players to swimmers to uh, athletes, et cetera. The vaccine must be considered first as the culprit. There's still a lot we're not gonna know in society, I'm guessing, uh, Dr. McCullough, for a couple more years. Uh, you mentioned the pilots there. And of course, we've been following the, the athlete story. That's sadder than sad, what's happening to our young people. Uh, but we're still not going to know the ramifications of this, I'm guessing, for, uh, I don't know, over the next couple of years, I guess. Is that a true statement? I agree. I think you know, it takes a long time for data to accrue. The question I have, Malcolm, in all these cases is where's the outrage? Where's the outrage from the family members? Where's mm. the outrage from the victims? We're still not seeing enough noise afterwards. Mm. You know, people, wow. this is happening and people almost seem guilty. They, they feel as if they uh, take on some personal guilt for taking an ill-advised vaccine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So listen, uh, before we get to all the questions now, one of the things that we are doing here and we made a commitment here at America Out Loud is to make sure our partners and people that we you know, have their products and their things, things that bring quality uh, uh, to our lives uh, is so important to me. Uh, and those are some of the partnerships we are engaged with here uh, at our platform, just as I was talking about Healthy Cell, and it's, it's an amazing product, but I mean, there's a reason we have that relationship. But I'd like to talk to you right now is a couple of quick things. And Dr. McCullough, this first one, which I, I, I just... I'm just so blown away at the nasal rinse. I've learned so much from the Povidinayodine because of you and that post that is the most shared post on America Out Loud on Povidinayodine, which is again on the front page, left bar partway down. And of course on Dr. Peter McCullough's pages, you'll see it. Um, and that brings me to Cofix RX, uh, which already does the dilution for you. Uh, this is a pretty remarkable product. Uh, and I'm starting to see, I'm using it ourselves when we feel anything at all that is a disturbance in that nasal cavity. So it doesn't get into your respiratory tract and become a bigger problem. Uh, what, what do you think about this? We've learned as people, and this product to me is going to be a household product moving forward. I agree. Boy, you know, every household has different cleansers and different things in the household. This is something that needs to be there. Sure enough, my wife's family's together. Her sister brings in a cold into the house, not COVID, but it's the common cold. And our household is about 50% vaccinated. We have some uh, seniors who took the vaccine. The person who came into the house, she took the vaccine. She brings in a common cold. Before you know it, I get it. Uh, my, my brother-in-law gets it and we're outfitted with Cofix RX, Malcolm. I'll tell you, we blasted it. Now you got to blast it, sniff it way back and spit it out. And let me tell you what, for me, a cold is usually two weeks of coughing and hacking. It's about three days. And it's because with Cofix RX, we knock down the viral load, give the body's own immune system a chance to get things under control. And you can markedly shorten the duration of a viral illness. 
Wow, that is that is very cool. I, I mean, I didn't even realize to what you're saying. Again, I'm we're all still learning about this. Uh, now, so Cofix RX, as I understand, they do the dilution for you. And as you know, Dr. McCullough, that was one of the biggest, most um, often frequented questions we'd get in here. You you know that you. I think at some point in the Q and A's, you said, "Oh, come on, Malcolm, another one." <laughs> it was like the dilution. People were confused with that. This kind of takes that guessing game away, right? I mean, it does. There's no more guessing game. There's no more messy mixing and what have you. The uh, important thing, too, is I think the spray is better. You can actually get a better spray back there. It's more effective in covering that geography up in the nasal passage. Oh, with the, with the little thing it's in, you mean? The little yes. container? Yes. Yeah. Easy to travel with that, too, isn't it? Yeah, it's not messy. You can travel with right. it. We actually sent some family members on our way with right. a Cofix RX. It's the way to go. Yeah, so Cofix RX forward slash out loud, and you get 20% off the Cofix. That's the deal right there. And also five or more bottles, you get free shipping. I mentioned that to you, just so you know, and a lot of people are doing that, of course, and giving it to their family members and loved ones. Uh, obviously, something to have very handy for you. Uh, and uh, anyways, there's a lot of information on the site there, but cofixrx.com forward slash out loud. There's banner ads back at America Out Loud or just use the code out loud friends. Um, so listen, we're going to take a quick pause here with a lot of questions to jump into and we'll return in just a moment here. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down, you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. I want to put in a big word for healthy cell supplements. The GI tract is not functioning normally in long COVID syndrome. I'm convinced of it. There are multiple studies. We need a much better absorbed set of nutraceutical and vitamin products for long COVID syndrome, and that's Healthy Cell. They have an entire line that's safe and effective, uh, can help people through the long COVID syndrome. I found the best way to use Healthy Cell products is use them every day, not on and off, on and off. Take them every day consistently. The Immune Super Boost, Focus and Memory, and the REM Sleep Supplement all have powerful effects in long COVID syndrome. Go to HealthyCell.com. And in the promo code, type in out loud for 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, very excited to uh, have the program here with you. I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, I hope you're listening every day. I love the programs and I'm getting a lot of feedback in on this and people love it. They love the diversity of voices and the diversity of thought, which of course, you know, is my trademark. I just love that. It's, I just love that about our country. And Pulse is perfect. America Out Loud Pulse is perfect because it, it really uh, spotlights that diversity. Mondays is Dr. Marilyn Singleton, and she's got a lot of interesting topics. If you haven't listened to her, you definitely want to listen to her. Uh, Dr. Marilyn Singleton, love these two guys on Tuesday, Dr. Jordan Vong and Dr. Stuart Tankersley on Tuesday. Wednesday is Dr. Peter McCullough and yours truly 
Julie here, Malcolm, and then uh, uh, this couple. You gotta love the Breggans, right? Right, McCullough. You gotta love the Breggans. Uh, Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Ross Bregan, his wife, are on Thursday, and they're the most charming, charming couple ever uh, that you met, and such a fire couple there. Uh, Friday's Dr. James Lyons Weiler, really smart guy and uh, really cool guy. Excited to have him in the play here. So great program, and all we now 5 p.m. Eastern time, and there's an encore at 10 p.m. on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Now, one other thing, got to tell you, I need you to share all the shows. And share it out there and let people know so we get this information out there. I'm going to ask you to do that. And, and it also, we made it real easy. If you go to the navigation bar to America Out Loud under shows or uh, and just click America Out Loud Pulse, there's also an icon on the left sidebar at AmericaOutloud.com for Pulse. You'll see it. It's a bright uh, colored uh, image with the heart and the globe. It's a really cool logo. Uh, if you go to the America Out Loud Pulse page on the network, there's a, a form there now. It's brand new, brand new. You can submit your question right there, your first name, your email address. We only need your first name. We don't need anything else. Your email and submit your question right there. Easy, easy, easy. And you can actually submit it to any host and we'll send it on to the host. And you can send it to uh, Dr. McCullough and I as well for the Wednesday show here. And we'll answer them and we'll have feedback uh, with you all. And so this is really cool. Uh, so again, look that up there on America Loud Pulse and submit your questions right through that uh, navigation bar. Now, I got to get on to this other, oh, we got a lot here to uh, jump into. Uh, Dr. McCullough, here's an interesting one here now. Um, people are asking about this and I know you know the story. Uh, and it's been publicized out there. I'm not, I don't know too much about this, but this is, uh, let me just read you a few comments that I'd like to get your opinion for the record on this, uh, what you do know or don't know about it. Susan says, I have listened to Dr. Braun and Dr. Artis recently about remdesivir, the COVID-19 virus and the COVID-19 all uh, virus uh, and vaccine rather, all contain in a, a synthetic version of a deadly snake venom. They say the reactions to all of those are the same as the effects of COVID-19. What is Dr. McCullough's opinion on this? And let me keep going. Linda says, in the last weeks, friends have sent me the Dr. Artis uh, uh, documentary about water and snake venom. I heard Dr. Jane Ruby and Mike Adams uh, talking about it too. What does Dr. McCullough think about this? Is it conspiracy theory or could it be real? And then Chelsea says, I listened to the Stu Peters interview, I guess, with Dr. Artis regarding the origins of COVID. He mentioned snake venom and went on to say it had spread through the water system. This is the first I ever heard of it. And last one, Matt says, what do you make of this report from Dr. Artis? Sounds a bit crazy. Well, listen, I have to fully admit to you, Dr. McCullough, I don't know anything about this, but I thought it sounded a little crazy to me, in my, this is my opinion, but I could be wrong. So I leave it to you as the, as the doctor and as the expert. What is about this story? Well, I can tell you, um, I don't want to know anything about it. Um, <laughs> I have gotten uh, a million questions about it. And I can tell you from a sociological perspective, it's interesting. I've had a million questions of what do you think? but I don't have anybody telling me what they think. Well, I just told you what I think. I think it's a little crazy, but I, I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor, but I do have strong opinions on these things. What do you think? Yes, it a little... this, is, this is what I'd say. I know Dr. Artis. He's here in Dallas, Fort Worth. He's a, a retired chiropractor, retired at a young age because he invented sports drinks and he has his own TV station. He's a wonderful guy. He really is. He 
has taken up the issue of remdesivir since he had a remdesivir death in his close family. And he's, uh, you know, he does a careful analysis. This is the type of thing that needs a lot of discussion, I think, before it um, becomes a, a public conversation piece. Okay. Uh, what I can tell you is that the virus is measurable in sewer water, and it is measured in sewer water as a proxy for is the virus on a college campus, for instance. Um, you know, it can be found in, in, in sewer water. Uh, the virus, it, it can. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, I am going to decline any commentary okay. until I have a chance to meet up with Dr. Okay. Arnis. And we need to go out to dinner and we just need to, to talk through it. And you want to see the result. You want to see things. You want to see real, real hard evidence, obviously. So I know I totally respect that. And I totally get that. And, and a quick note to listeners, we'll get on with the, all these questions now. You know that he, he's going to kick me in the backside later for bringing that up at the beginning here, don't you? <laughs> I had to, I listen, I've gotten a bunch more questions than on it. That's only the tip of the tip of nothing. But I had to put it in the mix here. And I thought, let's see what you say. You handled it well, sir. You handled it well. Um, now, uh, Tammy says, my husband got the Pfizer vaccine. Unfortunately, he was required to take the shot for even his job, even though he had COVID twice. He takes blood pressure med, otherwise no health issues. Now, four months later, he's had heart palpitations at least daily, once, once, twice daily, when he visited his primary care physician and explained his concern that this could be related to the vaccine. It was ignored. Back to what we talked about at the top of the program with the healthcare industry, right? It was ignored and that the vaccine concern was exaggerated. She changed his blood pressure meds and suggested further tests if it continued. Here's the questions. Can development of these arrhythmias be related to the vaccine, number one? Number two, how does he find a physician who will even consider this is related to the vaccine and test accordingly, or will the testing be the same as any physician cardiologist? And three, is there anything to do to speed up or remove these spike proteins from the body? What do you say to Tammy? I'm getting a lot of experience with this. I think it is related to the vaccine. There was a paper published in the journal Hypertension now over a year ago showing the vaccine and some people can really shoot blood pressure up. It can raise heart rate just because the lipid nanoparticles go to the adrenal glands where adrenaline is produced as well as the sympathetic chain along the spinal cord. And there uh, we can have augmented uh, release of what's called catecholamines, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and that those regulate blood pressure and heart rate. It's been my experience that some patients may need temporary medications, typically beta blockers, in order to uh, you know kind of ease them through. What we don't want to see is a stroke afterwards, a hypertensive stroke. And so for that reason, it's usually temporary that we do this. For a list of physicians in your area, go to American uh, Associ Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, uh, and you'll get a list of growing doctors who, you know, uh, evaluate this and manage it. Yeah, that's aaps.org, I believe, is where you get that. And they're a great organization, uh, for sure. Uh, David says, I'm writing this from Canada. Uh, so you get a sense right there. I listen to your podcast all the time. Um, my youngest daughter has developed a pulmonary embolism after being forced to take the Moderna vaccine to keep her job as a paramedic. She's a paramedic on the front lines. She's only 26 years old and has no other health issues. Prior to taking the vaccine, uh, she ran marathons. Wow. My question is, what are her options going forward now? Are there any interventions that Dr. McCullough would advise? How sad is this? Wow. Well, I hope one of the interventions is that she, you know, has a discussion with her employer 
about forcing an unsafe vaccine on the workforce uh, because now she's really, uh, you know, her life has changed because uh, she took a vaccine when she was forced into it. It wasn't safe. I mean, that has to be brought up, right? Uh, so she's going to be committed to long-term blood thinners. And we use a whole variety of what's called novel anticoagulants, uh, apixaban, rivaroxaban, edoxaban, um, and these go under the trade name of Eliquis or Xeralto or Pradaxa. And uh, there, the duration of time is really uh, unknown. It's been my experience. It could be as short as three months, but typically nine, 12 months until it, uh, it completely resolves. And there'll be you know, serial imaging done of the source of the thromboembolism. And, uh, and then, you know, at some point in time, what I'm doing is I'm checking what's called a hemophilia proto a, a, a protocol or a, 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 a blood clotting, looking for inherited factors. I, I, my hunch is a lot of people have an inherited factor like factor five Leiden or prothrombin variant or another condition. And then the superimposed effect of the vaccine triggered the blood clotting, but she needs to really have a discussion with the employer on this. If nobody speaks up, Malcolm, this isn't going to stop. I like what you're saying there. Uh, what you're talking about is accountability. You're talking about accountability. And wh where is the accountability of any of this when a life like that is changed so dramatically, jeopardized in such a way? You're exactly right. You know, the two things going forward that I can just sense already we're going to have so many questions on in times ahead is going to be vaccine injury and long COVID. You know that. Those are going to be the two things. They're going to be the hot buttons moving forward. I see it happening uh, for sure. Uh, Jody says, my friend had one dose of the J&J &J, uh, three days after she started having pain in her right leg. Over the past year, she's developed severe swelling, pain, and tingling. Her foot is so sensitive to touch that she cannot stand having a sock or shoe on it because it's painful. She has to lift her leg with her hand to get it in and out of the car. And as usual, a walker, her leg has given out without warning and she's fallen. She had to go on disability. She reached the point where she has to keep her leg propped up all day, swelling uh, uh, on the swelling returns. And um, she has had many tests, including MRI and nerve conduction studies. Uh, the EMS showed damage at her L5, but a doctor told her the EMS results contradict the MRI. She's had that. She's tried all kinds of things. She's um, so the, the question she's asking, she's trying pain management specialists, I guess, trying to uh, get into this whole thing and fix the problem. She had Dr. McCullough, I've been following you for over a year, and I'm thankful for doctors like you that continue to fight for early treatment and the truth be told of COVID, which you were just saying. Is there any recommendation referrals you can give for my dear friend? I'd be very grateful. She's in South Central Pennsylvania, but I believe she, I believe she needs to expand her options for treatment outside of this area. What do you say to Jody there? Well, I'd point her to the European Medicine Agency announcement November 12th, 2021, where it says the EMA has recommended uh, an additional warning on J&J &J and AstraZeneca called transverse myelitis, mm -hmm. a rare form of spinal inflammation. And that's what she almost certainly has. Is she has a case of partial transverse myelitis at L5, and that's affecting her leg. And, uh, you know, she should see a neurologist or a specialist and try to seek the best uh, treatment here. But, uh, you know, she can just go right on the, uh, you know, this is on FDA news. This is actually on uh, an FDA related site here. And uh, you can see the FDA is cross-referencing the European Medicine Agency. So I've seen this in my practice. 
Uh, okay. this, this should not be a surprise to the doctors. This yeah. is a result of, of, a, of an ill-advised vaccination. Yeah, and so many of these now, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. That trade-off was not a good trade-off for so many, uh, which we've, we've been talking about. Casey says, uh, what can be done for people who have received the vaccine to prevent blood clots or heart issues? Is this caused by cells producing the spike protein coded on the messenger RNA? I'm looking for a trusted source on potential actions to take to reduce the possibility of blood clotting, stroke, or heart attack. My fiance has been feeling lightheaded with a bit of chest pains. Wow. We are watching it closely. He says it's nothing, as most men do. Um, that's my words now. Uh, I would like to take some proactive measures, Casey says. For now, I am making him keep aspirin, uh, take aspirin uh, with him at all times. Thank you for all of you have done. Any advice here? I think she mentioned Moderna. Did he take Moderna, Malcolm? Uh, it can be done for people to receive the vaccine to prevent blood clots. It doesn't say. Justin said, well, messenger RNA, right? Okay. Well, I want to point the listeners to my Twitter feed and a paper I posted today by Carreno, C-A-R-R-E-N-O. And it's comparative data on spike protein generation. It's the first I've seen so far, Malcolm. And I can tell you from Pfizer to Moderna, there is probably at least 30% more spike protein produced with Moderna, 30% more. And that's because Moderna is 100 micrograms of messenger RNA for shot one and shot two versus 30 micrograms for Pfizer. Now they have a different composition in the lipid uh, nanoparticles, but uh, one does get a bigger dose of spike. That's what actually causes the, all the blood clots and all the complications with the vaccine with Moderna. And there, uh, the risks of blood clots, uh, people have attempted to use aspirin, both 81 and 325 milligrams. That's only been minimally effective. And uh, we're awaiting randomized trials of, of using, uh, you know, an oral anticoagulant like, uh, like Eliquis or Xeralto or using a low microwave heparin like Lovenox. We just don't have any clinical trials right now. We're extremely concerned that people are sitting time bonds for these blood clots. Yeah. Uh, Giovanna says, my 81-year-old father has received three doses of the Vax. He had no trouble with the first two. However, he has begun having AFib after the booster. Also, he has high blood pressure that is being treated. Uh, during an at-home BP check, a blood pressure check, the abnormal pulse was detected. Could the jab cause microclots, which in turn cause the irregular rhythm? Is there any testing that can be done to determine this? Atrial fibrillation can be within the spectrum of the cardiac effects of the vaccine. Also, atrial fibrillation is the most common arrhythmia in an elderly person to begin with. So it may be true, true, and unrelated. Now, atrial fibrillation causes blood clots within the left atrium, and that can be related to stroke. So no matter what the cause of atrial fibrillation, in most cases, people who are older, they require full dose anticoagulation. That would be with Eliquis, Seralto, Pradaxa, et cetera. Very important. If we leave atrial fibrillation untreated with anticoagulation, the risk of stroke is too high. Okay. All right. Christopher says, my wife and I are 69 years old and have uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, which are under control with medication um, and insulin uh, for his wife. Due to our pre-existing conditions and age, we both received both injections of the Moderna vaccine with the second injection received about, uh, about a year ago. Then unfortunately, some months later, now here's the trick, months later, so you don't really know. I realized that we were both lied to 
After seeing the early VAERS data, Dr. McCullough, my questions are, how do my wife and I detox and get the graphene's oxide and other poisons out of our bodies? Do we both require total blood transfusions, he's asking. Uh, wow, you say to Christopher. There are no proven methods of detoxing. The spike protein after months almost certainly is in what's called exosomes or phospholipid packets, or it's inside the cell as shown by Bruce uh, Patterson, who I've interviewed on the McCullough report. So we don't believe there's any methods for detoxing. Uh, other components of the vaccines, remember the full ingredient lists have not been disclosed. So I just can't comment on graphene oxide or not. Uh, but what we have is we have a situation of buyer's remorse, people not checking things out ahead of time well enough and then taking the vaccine. The best advice is uh, don't take any further boosters if you're un uh, sufficiently unhappy and then stay on guard for complications. All right. All right. Well, let me remind folks here. This is our 20th Q&A here. Dr. Peter McCullough is here along with uh, Malcolm out loud. And uh, we are uh, uh, just appreciating, uh, you know, everybody's... Um, their, 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 their questions, their concern. I mean, I take each one of these very, very seriously. When I see all the amount of questions come in, I mean, it's, it's important. We want to get the answers to you. We've created that special page at America Out Loud Pulse, uh, where you'll see all the other five shows on the network. Uh, and you can submit your question right there. Okay, moving forward. So I want you to have that as well. Uh, the other thing I want to mention as we uh, quickly pause here is this uh, one of our new partners and Dr. McCullough, I want to talk to you about this, uh, the Genesis Fogger. You just had a crowd in, you were just saying, a lot of family in over town, out of town, that sort of thing. Uh, this Fogger, you put HOCL in and it kills the pathogens in the room. Now, what about using something like that when you know you have a lot of people coming in that sort of thing or in particular any particular setting what does that exactly do to help people to clean these sort of pathogens that are in the air you know the first thing that comes to mind is restrooms malcolm i gotta tell you right now restrooms are loaded with pathogens they don't get much airflow uh the air is heavy there's a lot of things going in and out of people in restrooms and uh, everything from Clostridium difficile to various forms of other uh, bacteria, certainly the viruses, COVID-19, all the rhinoviruses, uh, et cetera, molds, pollens. HOCL is a universal disinfectant and it's safe. And uh, it's like this dry mist. And I, I think, uh, you know, you got a lot of family members in using the mister in the restrooms, then moving into the other rooms where people are, uh, is very, very reasonable. I think any of you who have uh, you know, apartment buildings or other where you have a lot of common areas, you're going to want to use a cleanser uh, periodically to uh, to refresh uh, your not only your house, but, you know, your other types of properties that you have. And this Genesis Fogger obviously does that, which is why we like this product so much and decided, OK, we can we can, uh, you know, put this on the platform to share it with you all. Um, isn't it uh, interesting? You know, I, I want to ask you, the more I hear about HOCL, the more fascinated I am with this product. Uh, and I, th I think, why is it such an underknown product? Uh, in other words, you can. Uh, all right. So I've seen the video. You can clean your fruits and vegetables. You can use it as a nasal thing if you wish. Uh, you can do so. And yet it kills all these pathogens, SARS-CoV-2, superbugs, viruses. Why is it we don't know more about this in the public? Do you, do you know that? Or uh, you know, I don't really know. I think the big innovation was to be able to get this kind of atomized and mixed in a way that would be safe, where you wouldn't just soak, have things soaking wet. 
Um, I think that was the big. I uh, see. You know, a lot of that has to do with the solution. A lot of it has to. So do you're with saying the, the fact that the, the okay, I didn't know this. So you're saying like the fogger, the fact that it distributes it in such a way that it's safe to use in that way, and the dry mist that it puts out there. I guess you're saying. Yeah, I think that was the big update. It's way different than trying to wipe something down, and um, it's just it's so convenient. And you take a place like a restroom, boy, do you want to use it in the restroom and, you know, run it at least for, for several minutes in there and you can move it around the house. It's very easy to pick up. And move yeah, it's a handheld device and you can you know, put it in your business or home, whatever. Um, let me just give you the information now. You can check it out more yourself. There's a lot of scientific findings on there and a, a whole lot of information. Uh, Genesis of Fogger dot com uh, forward slash out loud uh, will earn you 15% off the fogger of uh, that out loud code. Uh, the, the banner ads as well, always back on the platform will get you that as well. That'll drop you right in there perfectly. So you can uh, check it all out. All right. A lot more questions coming up here now. We'll, we'll take a, a quick pause here and we'll join you back in just a moment here. You're listening to America out loud pulse. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. the silent voices be heard. It was the rallying call that started it all. It's a wide spectrum of programming, from world and political news to societal and cultural stories. Six amazing years of news blogs, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here with Dr. Peter McCullough. And let's jump right into it so we can fit as many of these questions in as we can. Zane says, as you have recently been talking of long COVID, I wonder if you've seen the psychological effects from those who have natural immunity and received the jab out of fear of the COVID unknown. I have had a couple of associates also choose the jab of fear and tout you and that should all just die. And what a lot of people were saying that, sadly. These associates only forced those around them to wear a mask while outside. Uh, so, I've been, so they're, they're wondering, um, 
you know, I guess that's kind of what we've talked about early on, Dr. McCullough, the societal shift of this, where people were on different odds of the spectrum here. So they're talking about long COVID, they're talking about the psychological effects. What do you think this has done psychologically to, to, to us families and society, this whole vaxxed and unvaxxed thing? Pretty dangerous. Yeah, I think it's a great question. Uh, I love that comment about jab of fear. This idea that, you know, you do it under duress, you're fearful, then something happens, you get injured, now you're remorseful and you feel guilty and you don't tell anybody about it. Boy, what a vicious cycle. The first thing I tell people is, listen, the vaccines only last six months. After six months, everybody's equally unvaccinated. Even if we're approaching 80% of Americans taking a shot, we only have about 25% that are within that six-month window. The vast majority of people are equally unvaccinated with one another. And so we have to let down this whole uh, commentary about whether or not you have uh, taken a shot or not. It's not a tattoo. It's not a permanent marker. Mm. It is a temporary injection. And uh, the vast majority of people are unvaccinated. Don't be fearful and don't be ashamed. If something happens, you got to speak out. There's something to what you just said. It's not a tattoo. That's that's an interesting uh, angle on this thing. Uh, as we hear a lot of these people saying they want it out of their bodies. Well, you can't remove it. It's 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 permanent now. That's the point that Dr. McCullough was just speaking about. Fascinating. Uh, one real, real quick follow up, just in case there's a point. Uh, Zane said, I've been following the recommendations not to give these shots to our children. I'm looking for solid data for presenting for those who feel that anyone saying things different than the government are quacks. In other words, he's being called out because we that's been a real hot item, the children and vaccinations. What is the best data point you'd give somebody like that, that, you know, looking for? Boy, I tell you, I'd look at the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis and Surgeon General Joe Ladapo, former UCLA professor, Harvard trained, called in an expert work group. They went over all the data and they decided there's not enough scientific support to vaccinate the children. Great websites to go are Truth for Health Foundation, truthforhealth.org, and other ones called I Can Decide. I can decide. Hmm. They have reams of information showing the vaccines don't work and are not sufficiently safe in children. Oh, good. Those are good uh, resources there to uh, tell folks. Uh, Mark says, I was in the hospital rehab for three months with COVID pneumonia. Uh, I'm seven months post my initial infection. I'm dealing with long haulers issues that seem to be vagus nerve related. Have you seen this and what can I do to heal it? My biggest concern is elevated heart rate and shortness of breath. Yes, we've definitely seen this. And I would almost certainly expect this person to have a severe case of COVID to begin with. And I bet he was in the hospital, if not on the mechanical ventilator. The CT scans and chest x-rays stay abnormal for months, Malcolm. And we call it an organizing pneumonia, even though it's no longer infectious. It has this pattern. The one thing I always do, I had a patient like this today, that I always do is I actually rule out a blood clot, a pulmonary embolism that is actually, you know, retarding the recovery to normal. And so I get a CT with contrast and do the pulmonary uh, sequence so I can make sure we rule out a blood clot. And it does take a long time if there's difficulty on taking a deep breath or, you know, coughing. Uh, I typically try an empiric course of prednisone and colchicine for this, but uh, I would go again, looking for doctors who are treating patients with long COVID. Uh, the one list that I know is the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, aapsonline.org. 
Okay. All right. Melinda says, my daughter-in-law has long COVID. Her symptoms are extreme, fast heart beating. Sometimes that makes her not able to sleep. She has fatigue also. Could you ask Dr. McCullough what treatment she should seek? Should she go see a cardiologist? What could she do to get better? She's a young mother, has three little ones. We don't know where to get help. Please help if you can. Hmm. Wow. Yes. The reason to see a cardiologist is we want to rule out myocarditis or myopericarditis. Sometimes an elevated heart rate is because the heart's been damaged. So we get an echocardiogram, we get an EKG. Let's say everything is normal. Many times it's just some temporary use of beta blockers. The shortest acting beta blocker we can use is propranolol at a very uh, low dose. Use intermediate types of beta blockers, natalol or common ones, longer acting armotropolol or atenolol. Um, but, you know, you should see a cardiologist, should get an evaluation. There may need to be a temporary use of medications. All right. Leslie says, my father-in-law is living with us. He got the first COVID vaccine in August of 21, second one in September. He has a strange after effect. Oh, okay. Altered sense of taste. We hear this a lot. It comes and goes, though, she says. He describes it as is not as a metallic taste, which all the literature I find mentioned, but almost as an acid acidic kind of taste. He got some ground meat today, buttered pasta and zucchini. That should be a fine meal. He ate two bites and couldn't eat anymore because it doesn't taste right. I know Dr. McCullough's experiences with treating COVID and long COVID. Does he have a recommendation on a doctor to consult with or what to do about this? Hmm. I go to the same list, uh, Association of American Physicians, Surgeons, AAPS, online.org. The vaccine can clearly affect the olfactory nerve, that is for taste and smell, as well as the auditory nerve, that's tinnitus and hearing loss. And again, it takes time. There's almost no way to rush it. I do tend to promote the nutraceuticals and supplements. I've had a good, uh, a very good success rate with the Healthy Cell line, healthycell.com. And uh, again, uh, using the promo code out loud for a discount off the first order. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's fighting long COVID and you, everybody out there knows, I mean, uh, I take that, my wife takes it. She suffered really badly long COVID and was just escaped the ventilator, but we take healthy cell every day, Uh, multiple products. I love their focus by the way, and so many others. So anyways, um, all right. That was, uh, let me see. Okay. Winnie says, thank you for being the truthful source I can rely on regarding uh, COVID. And I appreciate that, Winnie. And that's because we don't have an agenda here, period, nonstop. That's why Uh, she says, how comes the CDC FDA still approve a second booster to this day? Given today's data, how those emergency vaccines did not work on the Omicron at all, as evidenced by the South Korea with a 93% plus is fully vaccinated with a booster, yet with the highest COVID infections. She said, what's up with this? So what do you say to that? There is some dissent in the FDA. There was uh, one of the experts in the vaccine uh, department, Dr. Mark, you'll see this online, who said that the boosters really um, are a stopgap measure, that they're really not working to control COVID. And then today uh, was the announcement from Moderna, which is in a sense an admission that the vaccines aren't working. Moderna came out with a pretty broad-based announcement on uh, their clinical update on their bivalent COVID-19 booster platform. And there uh, they are announcing that they have uh, some new products, one that gives some immunity against the beta variant. Now that to me doesn't make any sense since that's extinct. That's the old South African variant. And then some coverage against Omicron, uh, but it won't be ready for the fall. And so here we go again. It's just, uh, it's going to be too late. 
the dose is going to be 50 micrograms, half of the 100 microgram dose. But my commentary on this is that it's hope, hopelessly out of date. The virus keeps mutating uh, much more quickly than the vaccine companies can keep up with it. You know, Malcolm, even the flu shot is updated once a year. The vaccine manufacturers, uh, with all the Operation Warp Speed money and all the revenue they have, they're still out of date. They haven't updated the COVID-19 vaccine in a year. We still haven't had a new version of the vaccine up. So as you're saying, there, as you said, even last program, I think they're not even effective. They don't even work anymore. There's no point to it, right? There, the, in my view, there's no point to it. And again, we hear this from inside the FDA. We hear this admission from Moderna. It's not going to be even ready uh, probably on, until the two-year anniversary of the first vaccine. So here we are. They can't even do basically what we would get with a flu shot. Right. So, um, you know, the vaccine manufacturers are in trouble. I think the best advice is leave these on the sidelines unless there's, uh, you know, some type of extenuation. Why would anybody on their right mind risk their risk themselves at this point with all the knowledge and information? If you're going to get a vaccine today, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, Dr. McGuire. I mean, you, I, I don't even begin to understand why this is even a conversation anymore. Right now, I feel like we're doing cleanup. You know what I mean? Well, we are. We're doing as my whole clinic is all clean up. But you know, the majority of people are doing it because they feel forced into it. And it is the oddest thing yeah. where everybody emotionally feels that they can't possibly lose their job. So therefore, they must take the vaccine. And I hear every single reason why people can't lose their jobs. And I understand this. But at the same point, can they really sustain more blood clots and more heart damage and more loss of life? Mm as they're pitted between their current job for another three or six months versus some fatal or non-fatal injury. Well, that's it. Well, that's, that's all we've got time for. We have a lot more questions, but we'll, we'll surely bring them next week. Be sure again to remind you all to tune in every day at five and, and 10 is an encore uh, to America Out Loud Pulse. Let's make this the greatest program. And with all the great talent of the host on here, and we're, we're really excited about the program. Remember your questions, you can submit them right on the website at uh, America Out Loud Pulse uh, off the nav bar, or there's a logo on the front page as well. And by the way, one footnote here, I do want to share with everybody, please. We've just set up new feeds on social media, on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, or on Gab, uh, Poller, uh, Getter, uh, and True Social, uh, you'll find, uh, and mark this down, please, at Get Loud America, at you know, the at, the symbol at, right? Like if you're on Twitter feed, at Get Loud America. It's brand new. As you hear the program now, we're just rolling this out. So come and subscribe so we have our own feeds for the network. Uh, Get Loud America. That's what it's all about here. And on that note, friends, thank you for joining us on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud America.